0: Today we're going to decide which game engine is right for you. how's it going everyone? Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I am your host, Zach Avelli. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Zac underscore. We also have an open community Discord. On the Discord we talk about making video games, uh, share tutorials, help each other out with problems. Um, it's a good space for anyone who wants to learn more about being a game dev or... Share their ideas um, about game dev. If you'd like to join the Discord, you can find the open invite link in the show notes. Also, for the month of December, we are making donations to the Able Gamers Charity. Um, the Able Gamers Charity gives people with disabilities custom gaming setups, things like modified controllers and special assistive technology that allows those with disabilities to enjoy video games. I know times are a little tough right now, so no worries if you can't donate, Um, but if you can, I'll leave the link to the donation page in the show notes. With that, let's go over to the Game Dev Challenge. Um, The Game Dev Challenge is the part of the show where I give the community a prompt and they submit their submissions on the Discord. The prompt is usually something like design a game feature or draw uh, some sprite art or come up with a backstory for a character, stuff like that. Um, It's really just meant to be little challenges to help hone your skills in lots of different areas of game dev. And I'm happy to say that the episode 21 game dev challenge got a handful of really good submissions um, and it was very competitive and tight. Unfortunately, we can only read one on the show and the winner of game dev challenge for episode 21 is Gizmo. Before I read Gizmo's um, submission, I probably should tell you what the prompt it was. So the prompt for episode 21 was to design a gun that would be included in a looter shooter game like Destiny or Borderlands. Um, For this design, I wanted the people participating to try and focus on mechanics rather than stats, and the submissions came in the form of just a text description. And like I said, Gizmo's submission received the most votes, so I will read that to you now. The title of the gun is IVRP2043 Siphon. The accompanying text says, A smart bolt-action rifle used by operatives to gather intelligence cause disruption in enemy lines and perform covert operations. The weapon itself can be used in several different fashions, depending on the upgrades that are installed. And then Gizmo goes on to um, mention some of the upgrades. So the first one is stock nanobot cartridge, allows the operative to track the target that has been hit on his portable radar, so he can avoid them or follow their movements. And then it kind of has um, like three categories, and these categories are on each. Upgrades. so the first is range and for this one it's high magazine capacity high production cost low and so then there's three of these cartridge um, upgrades and i won't read them all but I-, I thought this one was particularly cool um this is called new speak bot cartridge um, it says allows the operative to assume absolute control over the target via neural interface and control his actions it's a short range low magazine capacity production cost high Or very high, it says. And then there's more text about the kinds of sights. Um, You got night vision and thermal sights and stocks and barrels and triggers and all that stuff. But it's clear that the main game design element around this depends on which cartridge you have in the gun. And they kind of go from like a tracking dart to full-on mind control. And they're kind of on a spectrum like that. So yeah, I think this is a cool um, idea... For a weapon and obviously other people thought it was cool too because it got a lot of votes. From a game design standpoint I think it's interesting because it kind of sets you up for this um, espionage kind of gameplay which I think is really slept on in the world of stealth games. Because usually, like stealth games, you know, you're like dodging guards and um, maybe getting something inside the base, like a, I don't know, like a computer hard drive or something. But this is more focused on like gathering human intelligence. And I think this could be something that really sets the game that this weapon is found in apart, um, maybe from other stealth games. Because I don't know of too many stealth games where what you're stealing is more like human intelligence like this and not like a physical thing and I think that could make for some very cool both story elements and kind of gameplay mechanics. And of course, that kind of. This is only a gun. Um, the rest of that stuff kind of depends on the level design and sort of the overall game design. So I would love to see Gizmo kind of flesh this idea out more. Maybe even make a prototype and share it on the Discord. So again, congrats to Gizmo for winning the episode 21 game dev challenge. For the episode 22 game dev challenge, we're going to have kind of a special challenge um, this week. And I'm going to. Am I gonna make a... No, we'll just do this on the Game Dev Challenge um, channel. So we're gonna call this challenge Zachavelli, you dummy. And (laughs) for this challenge, I would like everyone's submissions to start with those three words. So just write Zachavelli, you dummy. And then um, the actual challenge is pick something I've said in the past in any episode. You should probably mention it in your submission. And then tell me why I was wrong or why you disagree and uh, yeah, next episode I'll read my favorites on the show. And I'm kind of doing this for two reasons. One is I don't want you guys to think like anything I say in the show is like the only way to do something or is like is a superior way or whatever. Um, There are definitely good counterpoints to probably every single point I've ever made on the show. And two, I want to like challenge my own beliefs and maybe I'll learn something by you guys Reaching out to me. And so you have free reign to (laughs) say whatever you want. That's why you can start it with Zachavelli, you dummy. That gets you in like the right mind space. And yeah, feel free to unload. You're not going to hurt my feelings, Uh, but maybe I shouldn't challenge you to do that. That's not the challenge. So yeah, for episode 22 game dev challenge, post on the Discord with something that you have disagreed with that I've said in the past in a past episode. I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, you guys have to say. So with that let's go over to the body of the episode. So today's episode is on game engines and first we should probably talk about what exactly a game engine is. To me a game engine is a software package that handles the majority of code and tools um, that you need to make a video game. I say majority because there are things like art and music um, that a game engine is set up to handle, uh, but you'll usually have to make those assets outside of the software um, in their own package and then import them into your game engine. A game engine allows you to focus on making a video game without having to have all the knowledge and advanced programming and do all the work that's required to make the core guts of a video game. Since the core guts of a video game are relatively the same, a single engine can be used to make uh, many different kinds of games. A lot of big studios and even some indies um, make their own engine from scratch for their games, so a game engine Uh, is by no means a requirement if you want to make it from scratch if maybe you want something very specific um, by all means go do it we even have a member in our community um, discord and one of the earliest members of the game dev field guide community to be honest um goes by the name of elliot on the discord and he's been making a game from scratch well making the game engine and then a game with the engine he's made since i don't know how long it's been it's been at least earlier this year. So yeah, if you have any questions or you just want to check out a really cool uh, um, project, jump on the Discord and at Elliot, and uh, yeah, just search it on the show and tell section or ask him to show more of it off. It's pretty cool. I would recommend for pretty much everyone who isn't at least an advanced programmer to use a game engine, however. And even then, even if you are an advanced programmer, the time savings you're going to get from working with an engine can also be very much worth it. So now that we know what an engine is, um, let's talk about what options you have for engines, um, the kinds of things you can find out there on the Internet. You have a lot of options, actually, and it'd be a really long episode to talk about all of them. So I'm just going to do what I call the big three, and to me, the big three are Unity, Unreal, and Godot. There's some honorable mentions that I almost included in the episode, but when I was writing it, it just got really long. Um, the honorable mentions are things like Game Maker, RPG Maker, and then even Amazon has a game engine now called Lumberyard. And there's a long list of many more, so I guess the point is, is there's a lot of options out there. And this won't be an exhaustive um, look at all of them. Today we're just going to talk about the three most popular in my eyes, which are Unity, Unreal, and Godot. And what I want to make clear from the very start is that these are just the three that are most popular, which is why I picked them, but I'm not saying that these three are the best game engines. And that's what I want to get out out of the way up front. There is no best game engine. The best game engine is highly subjective and depends on what works for you. That being said, there are some that fit a niche or offer more flexible tools depending on your skill set or maybe the kind of game you're trying to make. So with that, how I'm gonna structure the episode is we're gonna talk about each of the three engines and we're gonna look at the pros and cons of the big three um, and maybe some reasons why you would or wouldn't want to use that engine. So first, let's talk about Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine is made by Epic Games. Um, You know them from games like Fortnite, Gears of War. So yeah, this is a a pretty big um, AAA studio that uses this engine and also puts it out to the public for free. And all the engines we're going to talk about today are free, but they all come with like little caveats um, when it comes to publishing and selling your game. So Unreal... Um, is free to use, but you must pay 5% in royalties after your lifetime revenue of your game reaches $1,000,000. I think this is a pretty fair deal for beginners and intermediate devs. Um, if your game makes it to $1,000,000 in revenue, I don't think you'll be <laughs> worried too much about the 5% royalties. Although, if you think about it, that's a pretty big chunk. But still, if you're a beginner or intermediate game dev and you make it to 1000000 in revenue... Um, you're gonna have bigger worries, I guess. So, Unreal is capable of making both 2D and 3D games. However, I would say that it strongly leads towards 3D games, um, and that's just kind of a trend that keeps growing, I think, maybe in the future. I don't know, maybe they'll redo their 2D tools and kind of flush them out more, but as it stands now, it, it strongly leads towards um, 3D games. It uses C++ as a coding language, Um, but also offers a visual scripting system known as Blueprints. And if you don't know what visual scripting is, it's sort of an alternate to writing code. And I know that some people really like to use it, especially if you struggle with writing code. Um, So I evaluated each visual scripting um, compatibility for each engine we're going to talk about today. So yeah, if you're the kind of person who struggles writing code, um, maybe look into visual scripting and see if that's something that might work for you. So let's talk about the pros of Unreal Engine. First off, um, it's regarded as the best looking engine as far as the free engines that are out there. If you value high-end, realistic 3D graphics, um, Unreal is by far the best for that. Another good thing about Unreal Engine that I think kinda is maybe undervalued is that Epic Games actually uses Unreal for their own games. This tells you that the engine will always be very functional um, in terms of bugs and usually have a smooth workflow because they are using it themselves to produce games. And because you have professional game developers um, constantly using the Unreal Engine, if something is wrong, it'll get fixed in a sensible and probably fast way. Another pro to Unreal is that the Blueprint's visual scripting system is great. I don't use visual scripting myself, but from everyone I talk to, Um, They said that Unreal's blueprints are really great, and as far as I can tell, they're regarded as the best visual scripting um, when compared to Unity and Godot. Not that Unity and Godot's visual scriptings are bad, it's just Unreal's is really good. So let's take a second to look at the cons of Unreal Engine. Um... Unreal Engine is not as popular compared to the other two engines we're going to talk about today. Uh, So naturally the online tutorials, um, advice and documentation is a little lacking. And That's just a function of there's less people um, using it. So when you do come across a problem, which is very common when you're developing a game, you're gonna have a difficult time getting answers online. And there is documentation and there are tutorials online. Um, but when you have like a very specific problem, it's just odds are, because there's less people using it and the document documentation is maybe not as complete as, say, Unity's, um, it just it might be a bit more of a struggle to get those specific answers that you're looking for. At the beginning I did say that Unreal can do 2D, um, but I wouldn't really recommend it to anyone because the other two engines we're going to talk about today have fantastic 2D tools and Unreal's 2D tools are just not as robust. And they could be improving that in the future, but I could also see them just as likely just scrapping the 2D and focusing only on 3D. So as it stands right now, um, the 2D tools on other engines, you'll get a lot more out of them and a lot more flexibility out of them if you choose those engines rather than Unreal. If your hardware is limited, um, like maybe you're developing on a kind of mid or low end rig, Unreal is probably not going to be a great choice for you. And that just kind of stems from the kind of games you would make with Unreal. Um, high end graphics require at least a decent PC, um, at least, you know, mid range. And I'm not saying you can't do it um, with a lower end PC, but uh, but it just might be a real pain with like all the load times and the rendering times and stuff like that. It just could be really painful and slow. And especially for beginners, you know, you're already going to be moving at a slow pace and you don't want that to be doubled because your computer is struggling with the software. So why would you pick Unreal as your game engine? Well, if you want to make a 3D game that has AAA high-end looks and you want those AAA high-end looks for free, Unreal is perfect for that. You wouldn't pick it, however, if you want to make a 2D game, or you don't have the 3D art skills to maybe take advantage of the powerful software. So next, let's move on to Unity. And full disclaimer, Unity is what I use, and so I'm sort of biased because I like it. However, I have been using it for a long time now, and so I'm also very aware of its flaws, and I can be kind of critical of it when it comes to its flaws. So maybe those two things kind of wash each other out but anyways unity is free to use until your annual revenue is over 100k then you have to upgrade to a pro or professional um, or pro or professional i can't remember what their names are but there's oh it's plus and pro yeah so after your annual revenue is over 100k you can upgrade to plus and pro um, and those are just different tiers of the software um, the most expensive one, though, is $1,800 a year, and I think Plus is only like $400 a year, but it has a 200 k limit instead of the 100 So, again, if you're getting these kinds of revenues, paying for the software will probably be like the last of your worries, but I think it should be noted that this is a much better deal than Unreal's 5%, um, if your game does get to those really high, like, million-dollar revenue marks. So yeah, if you happen to um, maybe be releasing commercial games as like your full-time job, you know, maybe that's something that you would strongly consider. Unity uses C Sharp um, and has a relatively newer visual scripting system um, called Bolt. I personally, like I said, I don't use visual scripting systems, but in our Discord community, if you talk to at the big bean... He, I know he uses Bolt M and he's been pretty up on it last time I checked so if you have any questions I would encourage you to reach out to him. So let's talk about Unity's pros. To me Unity's biggest pro is that it's the most popular um, and therefore the documentation and tutorials online are great. By far this is the best engine to get answers quickly online um, and that's just because it has the most tutorials and a pretty complete documentation um there's lots of people on forums talking about it. If you have some like really weird very specific problem, just because the volume of users, there's probably someone else online who has had that very weird specific problem as well. Unity is extremely flexible and is good for both 2D and 3D games and one of the key points of this flexibility is that it makes porting to multiple platforms extremely easy Unity I would say is probably the best engine for porting onto different platforms like you can make mobile games with it, you can make console games, you can make games for the PC there's web games and the nice thing about it is you can do all of this from one project with a few tweaks So if you have a mobile game idea um, and maybe you want to bring it to PC or maybe like the Switch or something, it's super easy to take the project that you already have and convert it over and port it onto Switch or PC or wherever you want to send it. With other engines, you usually have to pay like a third party to do this sort of porting for you if whatever platform you want to send it to isn't covered by sort of default tools they have. So... Like I said, Unity is extremely flexible and can port to pretty much everything that exists. So to me, this is a a really big pro. Unity also has an asset store um, that provides a lot of prototyping art assets, as well as some awesome plugins um, that would be a real pain to make these plugins yourself. And Unreal also has an asset store or marketplace, and I guess you could argue that Godot, um, we'll talk about do more in a second, but it's um, open source if you didn't know. So I guess you could say that it's open source nature also has sort of a marketplace. But integrating a plugin from the Unity Asset Store is super easy. Um, and like I said, because of its popularity, there's plugins for all kinds of stuff. And so this puts you in like a pretty powerful situation where if you need a feature for your game and you don't mm-hmm. know how to make it, there's probably either a tutorial on YouTube on how to make it or a plug-in on the Asset Store where it's already made. An example of this, um, every now and then the Asset Store has like sales. I think there's one coming up for like a Christmas sale or something like that. But on the last sale, I bought a plugin that allows you to do really quick day-night cycles and weather and cloud effects and all sorts of cool stuff with the Skybox. And it would have taken me months, maybe years to program this kind of stuff myself. But because of this Asset Store um, plugin, and I think it was like cheap, it was like 20 bucks or something like that. So for 20 bucks, I mean, I saved myself years of work. And yeah, I think having that there is extremely handy and is another big pro for Unity. And so yeah, you're probably thinking like, wow, Unity sounds great. Lots of pros. But now let's get into the cons and we'll see how you feel after that. So, to me, recently, Unity has become extremely bloated with tons of features. And I know I said that Unity's flexibility was one of its pros, but this is kind of a double-edged sword, because this flexibility obviously means that it has lots and lots of features, but the flaw in that is that the bloat is getting out of control, and the way that they handle it with their package system is just, in my opinion, not working very well. So, Unity's package system... Is kind of a way to compartmentalize all these like extra features, and you can kind of just pick and choose the ones you want for your own game. Unfortunately, a lot of the packages overlap in use, and some are like depreciated, or some are unfinished, or just tech demos. And Unity, the company, has a really bad habit of introducing a new tool that's unfinished, but Promising to replace an old one, but when they introduce the unfinished prototype, they no longer support the old tool or feature. And so now you have this weird, like, halfway point where the old tool is no longer supported, but still works for a few versions. And then the new tool is, like, half finished. And so this leads to, like, a lot of stuff you got to remember about what is and what isn't working for this. Version of Unity, and they're constantly coming out with new versions. So every time you gotta like refigure out what is working, what isn't working, what things are half finished, what things are no longer supported. It's just it can lead to a lot of really confusing um, situations and makes things feel really bloat or bloated, I guess, and kind of like. I, don't, I can't think of a better word, but janky is like the right word, I think. An example of this is the input system currently in Unity is like halfway between a new input system and the old way. So this is like how you would program like a key press. Like when you press the spacebar, you jump. Unity's in this really weird spot where the old way of doing this still works and then the new way is like kind of coming in um, and is half working. And so it leads to a lot of confusion on how to do things. I saw a quote online, I think it was somewhere on Reddit, it said, there's two ways to do everything in Unity. One is depreciated and the other is still in beta. And I think that perfectly explains this situation that Unity just, they keep doing this to themselves. And yeah, with the introduction of all these new features and stuff like that, unfortunately, this is kind of a reoccurring situation. And this kind of goes back to what I said about Unreal Engine and how Epic Games uses their their actual engine to make games themselves and so they figure out things and solve them quickly and you can tell that the people making Unity although they are extremely knowledgeable obviously but they aren't using Unity to make games in a professional capacity and so the situation of like things half working Um, I don't think that would happen at an actual game studio because that would really mess up your organization or your standards and methods of how you develop your games. And so mostly this is a big con if you're going to make like a long-term game because the way you do things right now might not be the same way that Unity still handles that only a year down the road you can get by this by just not updating Unity and that's what I've been using, or that's what I've been doing, how I've been getting around it. So I'm currently on like Unity 2019.3, I think, and I'm currently on a long-term project. So I probably won't update that well into 2021, maybe even 2022. So what are some reasons why you would pick Unity for your games? You would pick Unity if you wanna learn to make video games, by watching YouTube videos and trying out all different kinds of genres and styles on many different platforms. Reasons why you wouldn't use Unity, if you're building a very large and long-term, like years-long project, these kinds of projects require like pretty good organization and consistency in how you do things, and because of the way that Unity introduces new features, it probably would not be good for a long-term project like this. And notice I said reasons why you wouldn't use Unity, and then I am using (laughs) Unity for that exact situation, and I'm currently making a years-long project. And so, yeah, I've kind of discovered these flaws myself firsthand. So next, let's talk about Godot. Godot, I I used to call Godot (laughs) Godot, because I never heard anyone say it out loud, and it's spelt like Godot. So if you've ever heard me say Godot, I think I said it in a previous episode. Just (laughs) forget that I did that. But um, Godot is a totally free and open source game engine. There are no royalties or licenses or whatever. It's free forever. Um, It's supported by donations. And it kind of has a similar business model to like Blender, if you're familiar with Blender in the 3D modeling space. So obviously being totally free, it's the best deal in price. Um, and it's capable of producing both 2D and 3D games. It has a preference to 2D, I will say, um, but it's made some significant jumps in its 3D capabilities, and it's only getting better. Godot 4.0 is just around the corner, so we'll see with 4.0 if it makes another big leap in its 3D capabilities, and honestly I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Um, Godot has its own language called GDScript, which from my research I've discovered that it's similar to Python, and everyone says that it's easy to learn if you already know Python. And from what I hear, it's it's easy to learn just in general if you know how to program um, Godot can also use C++ and C Sharp, but it might just be worth, in my opinion, if I were to switch over, I think it would just be worth learning GDScript, because that's the main supported language. But we'll see, maybe they'll expand their C Sharp and C++ and make those like primary languages as well. Godot does have a visual scripting option built in, so if you're one of the people who likes to use um, like a visual scripting solution um, Godot has that built in and ready to go. So let's talk about Godot's pros. In my research, something kept coming up over and over, and that is usability. When I was learning about Godot and how people were liking it, um, they kept talking about the usability of it. And by that, it just means how easy it is to make something. Out of the big three, um, engines we're talking about today, I would say Godot is the quickest engine to use and that just means it's fastest at prototyping. So if you have an idea in your head and you want to get to prototyping and testing it out you're going to get to the point where you're actually testing um, fastest using Godot. Everyone that I heard from or talked with had mentioned that Godot definitely has its quirks but the user experience is really good for beginners. Once you start building like really large scope games, maybe the UI could use a little tweaking because it gets a little busy, but for beginners, the UI is really great and really easy to understand and it helps you get moving a little faster. Godot is also lightweight in terms of its storage requirements and if your hardware is lacking, maybe this is something you would want to consider. And the biggest pro to me for Godot is that it's constantly under development and is improving due to its great ownership and community. To me, like a open source supportive community is one of the biggest advantages you could ever have. And that's just because if there's a bug, you or the community can fix it right away yourself because you have full access to the source code. And I've said this a lot before, but the game dev community is extremely cool and generous with making frameworks for like a specific kind of game feature like yesterday i saw an open source framework for a card game so if you're making a card game godot already has that entire framework set up for you and that was just made by someone who wanted to donate their time to the community and so that's really cool that's what i love about open source software and i think that's probably godot's biggest strength so now that we talked about its strength let's dive into its cons It isn't as fully featured as the other engines, and I want to leave a caveat that says yet. Um, Like I said, Godot's moving quick. 4.0 is right around the corner. So the features that it kind of is lacking right now, not only is the ownership of Godot working on it, but you know, you got the community constantly bringing these kinds of things to the engine. So any of these features that I talk about it missing, just keep in mind that there's people working on it. This isn't just like dead in the water. So one of the big things is, like, Godot's 3D capabilities have just been seen as a little bit lesser than something like Unity or Unreal. And it's for a lot of reasons, but one that I can just talk about here quickly is that there's currently no occlusion calling in Godot's 3D renderer. And occlusion calling is like a really standard practice um, that helps improve 3D render times. If you don't know what occlusion calling is... It's kind of the idea that you don't have to render things that the player can't see. So maybe you have a building um, and then stuff behind the building. If the player can't see the stuff on the other side of the building, you don't have to waste processing power or anything to render that stuff. You can just call it from the renderer and that saves you performance, basically. And so in Godot, at the moment, there's currently no way to do this. And so it's little stuff like this with like the 3D renderer, which is the reason why I think devs prefer to use Unity or Unreal for 3D, but I think a lot of these little things will be fixed in Godot 4.0, and that should be coming like really soon, probably within 2021, I would say. Some of the other things, it's mostly like optimization stuff, um, but some of the other things are the physics systems can sometimes have strange behaviors, and I know that's kind of a general statement of all game engines, but... Seems like in Godot, it's a little bit more than normal, and so yeah, it's it's lots of stuff like that, like little tweaks um, and kind of extra features and nice to haves that the under other engines definitely have, and Godot is just missing at the moment. And so, what are the reasons why, or what is a reason why you might use Godot? Um, you would use Godot if you want a free and open source software that's easy to pick up and you want to be part of a fast-growing and solid community. Reasons why maybe you wouldn't use Godot um, your game will require extremely deep technical tools uh, to maximize performance. For instance, if you wanted some high-end 3D graphics Godot is probably not the right choice for you. So in summary I just wanna... I wrote some statements um, that kinda summarizes each of the engines. So for Unreal I wrote, A quality, for free, unless you hit it big. People will look at your game and be of awe of how good it looks. I think people will generally be surprised that if you're a solo dev or maybe a small indie team, um, that you could pull off something that looks so like A quality. For Unity I wrote, um, it can make any game and put it on any platform, combined with tons of tutorials and documentation, It's a great jack-of-all-trades option. Its um, large flexibility and features, however, can actually be a bit of a flaw because things can get really messy and, like I said earlier, it can be kind of jank with the way um, things work in Unity. And lastly for Godot, um, it's totally free and open source. It's a great up-and-coming engine with a solid community. Um, Godot 4.0 is coming soon and... It's exciting to see if it'll make another leap in features, and to me, I'll I'll be keeping an eye on Godot because um, I think it has a real chance of becoming the most popular engine. And it reminds me a lot of what has happened to Blender in the last couple of years. If you don't know what Blender is, it's a three or it's a three, it's a free, um, 3D open source software. It's for like 3D modeling. You can do movie CGI. In the game dev world, we use it a lot for all of our 3D models and texturing those models, stuff like that. And for a long time, Blender was just seen as like kind of the amateur, like free thing. And people used, um, I think it's like 3DS Max and Maya. And those were the professional tools that cost thousands of dollars. That's what the pros used. But really in like the last couple of years, Blender has just ascended to this amazing piece of software that in my mind has replaced the professional options. And Blender has a great community behind it. Um, It's all open source, so people are constantly adding new stuff to it. And yeah, I, I really love Blender. And I think Godot at the moment to me has like a similar trajectory. And I wouldn't be surprised if in two to three years Godot is seen as like the Pinnacle, most popular game engine. So yeah, if I had to make a prediction, I myself might switch from Unity to Good to Godot. I could see that happening, like in the next five years. Within the next five years, I could see that happening. So yeah, it was really fun for me in doing research for this episode and seeing that and kind of opening my eyes to what else is out there. Speaking of what else is out there, like I said, there is no best game engine. And so the three I talked about today are just a small sliver of what else is out there. The best game engine is the one that works for you and allows you to make games. And to me that means there's something to be said for alternative engines like Roblox or Dreams. I would even consider games like Minecraft um, with the mods and stuff you can do on that. I would consider those alternative game engines. My first game engine, well I guess my very first game engine, was just my imagination and games we would play outside. But my first game engine was a box of Legos for my graphics and an Excel sheet for the Logic. And then I moved on to old RTS games that had like the map builders and mods. Um, That's games like Warcraft 3 for instance. And then after that I used a really old version of Game Maker Studio. And eventually, I found my way to Unity, and that's what I've been using since like 2013. So, yeah, if you're, my point is if you're not using something um, that I mentioned and it works for you, then that's good. If it's working for you, it's the best game engine. And I would encur- encourage you, if you are using something that is kind of out of the norm or something that I didn't mention, um, come talk about it on the Discord, because I'd love to hear about what else is out there. So yeah, I would encourage you to do a little bit of your own research. Um, Hopefully I gave you some ideas today about maybe some of the more popular game engines. And yeah, I hope your decision is guided by um, the only thing that matters, which is which one allows you to do what you like doing, which is hopefully making video games. And um, yeah, I hope you find the engine that lets you kind of create your ideas. So with that, I'm going to end the episode. Next episode, episode 23, um, will be quick tips number four. And we might also have some end of the year content, maybe some awards and kind of community member of the year, maybe project of the year, stuff like that. Um, People I just want to recognize for their contributions to the community this year. So yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, recording episode 23, which will be quick tips number four. Remember, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Zachavelli underscore or Instagram at the same handle. Don't forget that we're making donations um, this month. I will leave the donation link in the show notes. And if you want to jump on the Discord and talk to us about game dev, um, or make a submission for Zacavelli, You dummy. the open invite link is in the show notes with that I'm going to sign off I have been Zacavelli is it Godot Godot got it